1: Hey, what is up everyone? This week on the SEND podcast, we go deep down the rabbit hole and delve into the world of -of out-of-body experience, astral projection and the nature of reality with William Boulham. And if you're not familiar with William, he has spent over 40 years studying out-of-body experience and he is the writer of four books, The Higher Self Now, Adventures in the Afterlife, Adventures Beyond the Body and The Secret of the Soul. And he also teaches at the Highly respected the Monroe Institute, which is a research and educational centre facilitating the personal exploration of human consciousness. And if you guys are not familiar with the Outer Body Experience Astral Projection, also known as the OBE, just to break it down its simplest form, basically an Outer Body Experience is an experience in which you feel as if you've left your own body and you can see from the outside. And the experience of leaving your body can give you can have a feeling of connecting re- to your true essence of who you really are, separate from the physical body. And it's one of the greatest mysteries, certainly in life. And upon leaving your body, many people say that you get a sense and become this pure consciousness in this sort of unbridled and unexhibited way. And it's it feels as though there is no weird or substance to which you are. Yet you know that we exist in this new form, and you're still you, and you're completely aware. And some would say that you get a feeling that you're more aware than ever and many say that that every sensation is beyond comprehension and certainly too much for the physical brain and body to re- absorb and it's only upon release of the body that full harmony and multi-sensory sensory capabilities can truly be felt. So anyway I just know that you are all going to find this one very interesting. As you all know the human experience is full of so many amazing mysteries. And as a species, we tend to like the thing that we've got it all figured out. But as you guys know, we don't know shit. In the add to that big pile, the outer body experiences is another one of them. So that is why in this podcast we discussed everything from the astral world, expanding our consciousness beyond the five sensory default reality, astral beings discovering the nature of reality we talked about inventors in the past actually astro- astral projection into the future and gaining a more understanding the future technologies and also at the end of the podcast william talked us through his famous target technique which the full breakdown of this technique can also be found in the show notes our website so jesus this was an epic podcast and just before we jump in with this we would love it if you guys could help us take this thing to the next level by supporting the podcast via our patreon page and patreon allows you to basically crowdfund the podcast and in the process you get received some really cool rewards every month so please spare a few minutes check them out and support the podcast so anyway without further ado adventures beyond the body But um, William, like I said before, I can't, I can't believe that we've waited this long to have a conversation about astral projection and out-of-body exploration because it's such a fascinating topic and we're so glad you're on the podcast.
2: Oh, I'm glad to be here because there's a lot of misinformation floating around uh, social media about this subject matter. Yeah, definitely. It, this is an incredibly important exploration. I, I consider it the most important.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely, it's definitely up there, and I think um, you were completely right when you said there about Facebook because I think what I what I say as well and is, is we're, we seem to be so outly focused, uh, sorry, outly uh, focused as a species, and it seems to be that we're not taught about the mysteries of life and we're not taught properly how to explore within a world and it's sort of just um, shrugged off in society and it's, it's quite sad to be honest because I think the more that I'm sort of understanding my own consciousness and chasing the mysteries in the chasing the mysterious things in life that are going on all around us and chasing the unknown, my life is like really getting more and more exciting so I think it'll be good to dig into it.
2: Oh yes, I mean, um, yeah, I w- it's, you know, we're non-physical We're just visitors here. So the answers are not in the physical world. The answers are in the non-physical, because that's where our true home is.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, William, how did you first start to explore the realms of astral projection? Like, what was the catalyst for you exploring the practice?
2: Well, I had my own experience um, over 40 years ago. I self-initiated an out-of-body experience. Uh, It took me 24 days. Uh, a friend of mine actually in college had a spontaneous experience and he got me interested in it. So I decided to started studying it and I found the technique, which today I call the target technique. And I did this technique for 24 straight days until I finally self-initiated my own out of body experience. It was, you know, it's a total paradigm changer, mind blower.
1: Well, oh. wow. William, did that? I was actually wondering when you mentioned your first experience there. Did that? Did your your first experience of um, of astral projection actually sort of shift your perspective on reality at the time, or were you already sort of in the mindset where you were already questioned things?
2: Actually, I wasn't. I was totally focused on just trying to get uh, to get through college at the time. I, I was not. I was totally physically focused. So this was a, a paradigm changer in every way. I. I'd, I would never have believed it was true. I was a I was fixated on um the physical world and this to me was a total uh reality shift uh, when I had this first experience. And it opened me up to a whole new realm in this multidimensional universe. It changed everything.
0: Wow. Oh, wow. it it is it's amazing how a little shift like that happens in the mind. William, um, when we astral project, are we actually generating a copy of ourselves, like, to your understanding?
2: Uh, many people b- believe that. There's there's actually uh, two theories um, of that. Um, I know many people call it a copy. Uh, so, yes, in a sense, it is, because we're multidimensional. Um, I like to go back and state... Um, that we're, we are multi-dimensional beings, and the physical body is just the, the 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 densest vehicle of consciousness that we are using at this moment. So we have other energy bodies that coexist with ours now. So we're uh, we're not actually generating a copy. We already are there. We already exist on these other dimensions of reality. All of us do. We're all multi-dimensional. I just want to make this clear because some people have this concept that we're creating this this duplicate or this copy. And that is not the case at all. These are various energy bodies coexist with us now as multidimensional beings. And what we're actually doing is shifting our consciousness, our conscious awareness to a different vibrational energy body and then experiencing that energy body in that realm oh, wow. and that's that's how i perceive it that's how i know it to be from personal experience
0: yeah i mean there's so many different dimensions that like not only just our body actually sees on a daily basis but actually internally it's just so fascinating on what we actually can actually perceive in our own minds and our imagination but also it might not be in our own minds and imagination. That's a beautiful thing. It's like all these realities. Where do they come from? It's incredible.
2: Well, it's, that's what's wild, um, is that it's not in our imagination. These are objective realities that exist, that exist beyond in a, in a less dense state than we are currently. Uh, you know, the world, this is how I look at it. From, from my 40 years of experience of having OBEs now, Uh, The the physical world is just the thin epidermis of the universe. I mean, it's to to try to analyze and assess the vast scope of the multidimensional nature of the universe by only looking at matter is one of the greatest errors and blocks of humanity in discovering the answers. Because the answers are not found in this epidermis layer. The answers are found when we go out of body and move into higher vibrational realms where we get closer to the source. And that's what I think is that's why out of body experiences are so incredibly valuable, because it gives us that opportunity to begin to explore the non-physical, our non-physical home, because that's where we're from. You know, nobody's we're all here for a very short period of time, and then we we exit. So to think of this as the uh, center point of the universe is the great flaw, I think, of of modern science, even today. Many people still look at the physical world as the center and everything else is where it's the opposite, I have found.
1: Hmm. But uh, William, before there, when you were saying about um, how... We're so as a, like what you're basically saying there as a society we're so we are so outly focused and I think um, when you were saying there being more focused sort of on the spiritual world that's what I thought sort of you were saying. Um, I think us us as a civilization now on this planet we we're not really doing that we're not really exploring the spiritual world as much as we should and I think when you mentioned before we need to start focusing on that. Something that comes to my mind there is thinking about the um, like the Egyptians and the minds and people like that. They seem to sort of build their whole emphasis and their whole civilization around chasing these things and they obviously understood that it was so it, it was so important to be trying to understand what becomes before death what comes after death astral projection meditation and they were in psychedelics and loads of other stuff like that but they understood that this sort of bridge between the two worlds was important for the like for the human evolution
2: oh absolutely uh they began to have experiences the Egyptians, uh, write about this in the egyptian book of the dead uh the buddhists of course write about it extensively in the tibetan book of the dead um about the they call them bardos in other words other realities that that we enter uh and there's a series of these which is fascinating that's also what modern out-of-body explorers including myself that's what i've entered and explored there's many different non-physical realities wow. and they i don't know how many I, I know one thing there's more than seven as the old a lot of the old concepts that have been floated around i have found no reality to them this concept of seven and seven that there's seven dimensions and seven sub dimensions within them i have found that to be flawed and false uh, it way, it goes way beyond that. And it's ever expanding because thought is uh, the creative force that's expanding the universe. So the, what's wild is that we have the capacity to explore these states of awareness and explore beyond our physical limits if we're willing to take the time and the effort to learn the methods and techniques involved in projecting our consciousness beyond our biological body. It's a natural state because, and it's very, and anybody can do it if they're willing to focus upon it and to really spend the effort yeah. and not get sucked into fear-based philosophies, which unfortunately are very dominant in our world today. Yeah. But the answers are available. The beauty of out-of-body experiences is that they provide first-person Verifiable answers. You don't have to believe anything. You know, become your own explorer. That's what I've been teaching now for um, my God, over thirty years.
0: Yeah, I definitely think we should all become a lot more explorer of, of um, all the different realities, not just in this world, but the uh, but the um, external worlds as well. And and um, Bill, when we do leave our body and we enter in this astral plane or the astral world. What do you think that world is?
2: Well number one, it's a substructure of the physical world. Keep in mind yeah the, the epidermis the outer world is the physical so when we leave our bodies we're actually transferring our consciousness to a less dense um, let's just say vehicle of our own consciousness but the the astral it's more than a place it's it's endless states of consciousness and we can't think of it. If you want to be accurate about it, you can't think of it as a place anymore. None of the non-physical, it goes beyond our concepts of time, space, and separation. Because it's all about states of consciousness. Different individuals will create a reality. a I call them consensus realities. Because non-physical reality is very thought responsive. And collectives of people that have the similar mindset will create their own reality or what many people call heavens. And this, and I write about this extensively in my books, that there's countless of these realities available based on your own state of consciousness and your own beliefs. People, when they die, are drawn to the reality that coincides with their own personal belief system and state of consciousness. But it's endless and it's always expanding. So it's it's quite fascinating because that is that is our real home. People don't really think about this, but the physical body is a temporary host that we're using for a very limited period of time. And then we exit. And move on, shift our consciousness to our non-physical energy body. And we're doing this repeatedly. Uh, th- for various reasons, exploration of consciousness is one of them. Yeah, definitely. So there's, it's exciting because we have the capacity. There's no beliefs of, for out-of-body exploration. I want to uh, really emphasize this. There's no dogma. There's no, it's all about you becoming your own personal explorer of consciousness and you going out of your physical body experiencing your non-physical body, and exploring the reality that's comfortable for you. So you obtain your own understanding and insights. You no longer have to be the slave of other people's beliefs. This is incredibly important because the physical world today is absolutely saturated by belief systems, scientific belief systems, religious belief systems. And we can break free from all of that and finally become knowledgeable based on first hand experience. Incredibly important. Yeah.
1: Definitely I think when we do start stripping away them sort of them like layers I call them, like it's like sort of peeling away the onion. You sort of like you, you see beyond your dogma and that's when you can start opening your eyes to the to these wonderful mysteries that are all around us. And, um, and like you said before as well, when you when people do become aware of these sort of these realities, I think obviously a lot of people, obviously we know and our listeners, a lot of our listeners who listen do listen to this podcast, and ourselves me and Chris, we are aware that there's sort of these intelligent realms beyond our known all around us, and there's sort of like places that we can whether whether you believe we can sort of just fractionally slip in it for a little bit, but it's sort of these places where we can sort of gain a more, more understanding of who we are, and obviously they're going to be achieved through many different practices like lucid dream and astral projection meditation psychedelics but what i've through my journey as well what i've noticed is all these sort of different practices there seem to be this like bridge between these these two different worlds like you said before that sort of expands our consciousness beyond our sort of our sort of meat suit on this in this reality but what I've noticed, it sort of takes our body beyond the, the sort of the five sensory default reality, so that we can actually experience more. But I wanted to ask you, William, do you actually find that um, when you are in the astral world, that your sort of your consciousness, consciousness, sorry, actually expands beyond your sort of five sensory default reality, so that you can actually experience
2: more? Oh, absolutely, because you're beyond the five senses. You no longer have a physical body. All of the old concepts of what we, our ways, our modes of perception are changed. We have different senses in the astral, and they're far more uh, enhanced than the physical senses are, because you're no longer limited to the biological machine. So you you have the capacity to, let's just say, explore and experience on a much deeper level. And begin to uh, access let's, parts of yourself that you no longer, you no one even imagined may exist. For instance, that's when I realized after the first five years of my out of body experiences, which began in 1972, it 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 was it's been a long learning curve uh, because every experience takes you into a different part of yourself in a different realm. And you realize very quickly how tiny the physical world is in relationship to the non-physical. And you realize that you're so much more than what you thought you were initially. I mean, we're incredible creatures. We're incredible beings, multidimensional beings. And we're immortal. There's no death. We're just a shift of consciousness when we exit the body at death. So we have to begin a whole new paradigm of thinking about what we are i I like to share something just to give you an inkling of how wide and broad this can be i found out probably in i don't know maybe five years into my explorations when i prolonged my out-of-body experiences my biological humanoid form that i initially carried with me into my experiences For the first few years, I experienced myself as a humanoid male, but as I prolonged my experiences for longer and longer and went deeper, that humanoid male form dissolved away, and one of the most shocking things I learned, which I think really needs to be put out there, is that we're not even humanoid. I become a point of consciousness without three-dimensional form at all. But yet, my capabilities were expanded, you know, a hundredfold in what I was capable of doing. We, as a species, we limit ourselves by our obsession with our biological machine. And we limit ourselves with these five senses that we think are the, the, the core element of our perception capabilities. When that's not the case at all. When you prolong an out-of-body experience, you naturally begin to lose your humanoid form and you revert back to your natural state, which is, this is incredibly exciting because we're not a humanoid species at all. We're just using a humanoid form as for learning and for experience in the dense world of the physical. But we're so much more than that. But the vast majority, of the 7 billion people on the planet have no clue about this. Yeah. This is a major breakthrough once you once you realize what you are and your own capabilities the limits the veils all they drop away and you begin to perceive the reality of who and what you are and it's it changes everything in your existence because you're no longer limited by the static and very very robotic and limiting nature of the five senses so yes. there, we have a lot to look forward to. We're just beginning our exploration of consciousness, yeah, and we're just beginning. Humanity's evolving beyond the humanoid form, because we'll we we'll, we will all of us will eventually, let's just say, evolve into our natural state, which is beyond anything we can imagine, anything that we can imagine in perception, in capabilities, in mobility. I mean, we're capable of unlimited uh, potential. And we are uh, expanded even further. We're growing into our natural state to be a multidimensional being, non-physical being. So it's an exciting journey we're all on. It's about time that, you know, that, that maybe the point would be that the masses will eventually awaken to the fact of who and what they are. Then there'll be no wars and no crime and no, all these things that all the ills of humanity are due to one thing, lack of knowledge of self.
1: William, before as well, when you was, when you just said there about us being sort of non-physical and spiritual beings, like inherently, um. so just say if we are, like we are um non-physical and spiritual beings, like really, I was actually wanting to ask you, like why do you think we've actually chose to come to this re- reality? Because it seems to me that if, If we see if I was like a non physical being, I may actually be someone who actually would create a physical, like a physical world and a physical experience. And that's that's my thing. And I would love to know your thoughts on that.
2: Well, number one, that's part of the training process. We become what we wish to learn. You need a dense body to experience a dense vibrational reality, you need every vibrational level of the universe. We require a body, let's just call it a body, a perceptional vehicle is another term for it, that's vibrating at the same frequency as that dimension in order to coexist in that dimension and experience it and perceive it and interact in it. What we've done, as as all of us, every person on Earth has actually, in our natural state, we exist way beyond matter. We have created multiple energy bodies. We have extended and expanded. Right now, we're projecting our consciousness into a biological machine. Mm-hmm. Think about it. That's what we're doing right now. And it's for a temporary period of 70, 80 years. But we are projecting our consciousness because this is not our home. This is not our natural state. So there's a that is a vast learning inherent in that. We have expanded our awareness from the non-physical through the entire multidimensional continuum into a dense biological body to operate, maintain, and to communicate. But we need, if we want to experience the physical world, we need a physical vehicle to do so. And that's what we've done by entering this when, when we're born. It's an incredible journey of consciousness we're all on. And it's that in itself, imagine how mind-blowingly expansive it is to project your awareness through multiple dimensions into a biological machine to experience a dimension that is so alien and different than what our natural state is. That's all part of the process of our expansion of consciousness. We are learning to be multi dimensional beings capable of interacting and using a, a vehicle of consciousness on every dimension of the universe. And the most, let's just call it the most, the biggest push is to enter the physical because it's the, the densest that I'm aware of of all the dimensions that we can project our consciousness into. So that's all part of the evolution of our. Of all of us is to learn how to do this. Very few people are aware of this though. They just take it for granted and they self-identify with their body, like, oh, I'm a male, I'm a female, you know, I'm I'm a Brit, I'm an American. All these things are false flags. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because we're none of these things. We're a non physical species using these biological uh vehicles for expression, experience, and learning. It's an it's a it's an incredible journey we're on, yeah. and it's very exciting when you realize it.
0: Yeah, it's definitely yeah. I mean, like like we were saying that, um, Bill, it's like this gift of the body right now. Maybe it's what consciousness was searching for all this time was to actually experience the dense physicality of this world, and. Maybe because we've actually experienced it now. This is the greatest gift possible. Of just actually feeling touch. Feeling all these senses. And it's helping us go beyond. Like this body right now that we've been given. Even though it is for a short period of time. This is our greatest chance to explore this consciousness inside this. What we've been given right now. This body. Because that is what truly is matter at the moment. This, this eight years. Maybe it's a test. It's a test of our Mental, cap- uh, mental capability of understanding, exp- maybe it's the um, or it's the consciousness adaptation, and it's wanting to experience this more because it- this is the next evolution for it?
2: Well, I think it's definitely an expansion of it into every dimension of the universe. Because before we've entered matter, we had to extend our consciousness into the astral and create and mold an astral body. Um, and then from the astral, I have found that's when we make the next leap. We have been through a series of leaps I have found. It wasn't one single leap of consciousness into the body. It was a series of immense energy body leaps from the non- our pure self, which has no form and pure potential, into a form-based concept, even a mental concept of a body, on the mental dimension and then bringing that and then projecting that awareness into even a denser energy body and controlling it it takes an immense amount of focus and energy to do this and i feel that's part of the training process we're all in but again very few people are aware of this they're taking it for granted but the in other words that final step was actually from the astral to the physical where that's where the birth process occurred, where we're projecting that that consciousness into the body, the biological body, and all of these other bodies have already been they've already been created. In other words, they already coexist. When we leave our body, we're just shifting consciousness to our let's today it's called the astral body, but there's many other bodies that it, that coexist within that. In other words, on the astral plane, people are learning on the astral plane right now how to project their consciousness to the next higher dimensional plane. And it's the same kind of techniques are used. There's schools on the astral plane where people are learning to project their awareness out of the astral because people, many, many billions of people who reside on the astral, they're just as locked into that form as... Humans are locked in their self-identity into the physical. Yeah. So it's a continuous evolutionary process of growing and evolving and expanding into our full potential as multidimensional beings.
0: Yeah, is this like going beyond any limitations, like what we may have and even even this constant searching and constant reaching it's, it's not about anything about reaching, it's about actually just growing through the process, like our consciousness itself has just grown
2: Oh, absolutely and becoming aware of our capabilities because we already possess unlimited capabilities but we have blocked our capabilities by our obsession with our our five senses and our biological body We, in other words, we're already amazing incredible beings it's we have blocked ourselves by our focus on uh, this tiny fragment of reality this one this outer shell of reality which is so minimal i'm well, i'm talking about the physical world being one tenth of one percent of reality that's how minuscule it is in the great scheme of the multi-dimensional continuum and so we have to put it in context. It's very important that we begin. That's why I think this exploration is so important, because until you really know who and what you are, you will always be a victim of belief systems. It's easy to fall into these cultural beliefs when you're, you're completely locked in your body. You can be manipulated much more easily, whether it be religious manipulation, or scientific manipulation. You know, there's a lot of false scientific theories out there, just as false as many of the religious beliefs are. But p- unless you know who and what you are, people—millions, hundreds of millions, billions of people—just fall right in, step in line, like like sheep. But once you have the experience, you're no longer uh, at the. You're no longer a victim of belief systems. Because you can begin to explore and experience on your own and you no longer have to be dependent on other people's opinions because you can obtain the answers for yourself.
1: Yeah, definitely. I was going to say there, William, as well, I think you're completely right because I think when you do get past that point, you have the responsibility to keep seeking that next level and keep seeking further and further. But um, William, Williamson, I want to touch on with you as well and I want to ask you um, I was actually wondering what is one of the main reasons that you sort of like keep seeking and exploring the astral world and I know it's obviously it's amazing it would be like insane not to explore it when you do have the capabilities to, to do it like on a regular basis but what sort of I was wondering what sort of questions are you sort of asking yourself like in this moment in your life in regards to sort of the astral world and out-of-body experiences I was actually wondering are you sort of just trying still trying to figure out your own consciousness or are you trying to figure out even the nature of reality
2: oh definitely I, I want to know answers. I want to know the answers to everything. Wow. I mean, that's my goal. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to reach that goal in this lifetime, but that's my ultimate goal. I want to know the answers. That's why I, I teach techniques where during an out-of-body experience, use a technique uh, called higher self now where you demand to experience your own higher self or source or di- different people and cultures use different phrases i use higher self now meaning i want to experience my core essence whatever that is beyond anything that's form or even beyond thought because we exist i have found beyond even thought which of course is a much higher vibratory dimension than the physical and beyond the astral even But we exist beyond time. We exist beyond anything. And we can request the answers. Uh, I started out years ago. I I, I wanted to know about my past lives because I I didn't believe anything. Let's put it that way. But I found out from personal experiences, because I had recurring experiences, of past lives as a German, um, let's just say a German soldier during World War II. And After exploration and reoccurring experiences, I found out that reincarnation is a a reality. I I didn't want to believe it. It wasn't in my paradigm. But after 50 experiences where I just spontaneously during OBEs and in altered states, I would be experiencing these things. So that's how I learned about it through personal experience. But then you go way beyond that. So my goal is to obtain the answers for myself. That's my primary goal always. That's why I teach the higher self method. Where during an OBE, you don't, you know, most people try to fly in an OBE. Or they try to walk through walls. And thats I did that for years. It's exciting. It's amazing. It's mind-blowing. But there's so much more than that. You don't have to move anywhere in an out-of-body experience to explore the entire universe you just stand your ground and make the demand center yourself focus your total consciousness i use awareness now as a focusing tool that's my mantra when i'm when i'm out of body i use the mantra awareness now awareness now i repeat it and you feel yourself becoming lighter and lighter and lighter and your awareness is just Often just doing that, your biological form will begin to dissolve if you hold it and focus long enough. And then the ultimate thing I teach is to, at that point, then you you basically have a single mantra, and that's higher self now. I want to experience my source. What am I? Or you can ask, what am I? I want to experience myself. I just believe in keeping affirmations very succinct. Yeah. Do it for yourself. There's so much more to explore, and you don't have to go any, you don't have to move. You move beyond your body, and then you make the demands, the focus demands for answers. And your higher self, if you're open to it, your higher self or multidimensional self, if different perception of it, will begin to give you, through personal experience, the answers that you seek. Because it's not hidden. It's we as a species who has blocked ourselves from the answers, by our focus on this biological machine and the limits of the five senses. Once you exit that limitation, all doors are open to you. And that's what's so exciting about this and why it's worth the effort. Even if it takes, like for me, it took me 24 days of daily practice before I had my first experience. But it was worth it. And that's why I, that's why I teach this, uh, and feel so passionate about it.
1: Yeah, I love that. I loved how you said that, William, by the way. And I was actually wondering, I wanted to raise a question to you there. I was wondering, is there any certain, when you are astral projecting, is there any certain things that you are focusing on when you're going through the journey within the astral projection world? Are you actually, is there any things that you are actually focusing on so you can actually find out the nature of reality?
2: I ask whatever it is I want to learn. I I demand the answer. That's what I do. If I want to know the nature of reality, I'll ask that question. What is the nature of reality? Be very succinct and very focused in the question. The, the questions you ask of yourself, and, it's, and that's what you're doing. You're asking of your inner self to give you the answer. Because we already exist in every dimension. So, but you have to be open to receive the answers. And that's what takes some some for many people takes some real, let's just say openness. You begin to open yourself to your own potential. You have to, number one, here's the first step. You have to You have to let go of all of the belief systems that, that we've been indoctrinated with since birth. Those are the giant blocks that restrict our ability to obtain the answers. I have found from the very beginning, everything that I believed has been found to be flawed every religious concept, almost every religious concept, every scientific theory out there has I have found to be flawed. Yeah. Uh, it's just the nature of reality because we're so fixed science is so fixated on matter as a center point where they're missing I feel they're missing the boat yeah, because matter is just the end result of a chain of events energetically in the non-physical dimensions.
1: Yeah, definitely. William, I was just going to say, I think I completely agree with you there. And I think as well, the more I'm understanding this, just in this terms of this reality as well, like that's, that's the same for me, the more the more I'm finding out, the more I actually don't really know anything about nothing. And I think what you were saying there before is so true, because I think in my life, every now and again, in life, there's just loads of things that come along and then just completely prize open your mind. And um, I was actually wanting to ask you, has there actually been any certain like out of body experiences over the last few years that's really sort of prized open your mind and like made you actually view things completely different and made you rethink everything.
2: Well the the most early on the first ones was the experience itself. But in especially in the last twenty years, it's my higher when I my higher self experiences have been the most pivotal events for me. That's when I realized that's when my I realized that All my, all the limitations, the astral plane has many limits. Many people assume that the astral has limit, it's limitless. It's not true. We carry all our mindset with us. We carry our beliefs with us. We carry our fears with us. So you carry your limits with you. When you go beyond the astral is where you begin to really access the answers and you do this i have found through the higher self experience and you begin to experience yourself beyond even the mind wow. that's where the that's where the the that stuff is really becomes clear beyond anything our mind can conceive of because our mind is linear so we're still limited it's still almost like a machine as such it's, a, it's just another part of us that we're using in that dimensional reality of the mind. But we exist even beyond that. In other words, we exist beyond cause and effect. We exist beyond form. We exist beyond thought. And that's where the answers lie. And I have found the most mind-blowing thing you could, I have found to do during an out-of-body experience is demand to experience my higher self. And then just be open to whatever happens because it can be, let's just say, a very intense experience. Well, wow.
0: I could imagine. I, I would love for you to go further into them experiences. <laughs> um, William, do you always find the answers that you've been seeking, like, are they always been the truth?
2: Well, you know, as you, as you move into yourself, People always talk about what is the truth. And the truth the, the rawness of the truth is at its very core beyond all form, all thought, all all energies, all forms of energy that we perceive as reality. Beyond time. We're timeless beings. So the truth to me is something that exists beyond far beyond the astral. It's very difficult. To perceive the truth on the astral and the physical because you're limited to such you're still limited in form density and all of the baggage that you carry with you into the experience mm-hmm. and, and i like to emphasize that we are interactive experiences we we are not objective observers of reality when we enter into highly thought responsive environments like the astral, and the dimensions of thought. We are not objective. People like to pretend they're objective observers. They are not. They're, in, they're active, interactively conscious creators because you're in a very subtle environment. Of course, and this a classic example is this, is when in shamanic journeys, when people are into these heavy trance states and you see them brushing their legs, and and their arms. Because in their mind, they may have, their fears are manifesting as spiders and snakes growing up their arms and legs. Because their fears are becoming manifest in their mind. You follow me? We Mm -hmm. carry all of our baggage with us unless you, and that's why it's so important when you have these out-of-body experiences is that you work on yourself and begin to cleanse your mind of all of the baggage that we we have associated, that we've attached ourselves to. For instance, the whole concept of heaven and hell and demons and devils. It is a, it is, it's a man-made belief system. But we have created it and made it real for us by our own beliefs. Follow me? Yeah, yeah. We, we are not, we are creating our own heavens and our own hells when we enter in these thought-responsive realms. And then people write, there's hundreds of books out there and, that have written about these realms like they're objective realities. They are for them because they have created them. But if you enter the non-physical states with a, let's just call it a cleansed mind, If you can reduce your fears enough and cleanse yourself of these very invasive belief systems. And I'm talking about all the beliefs, including the beliefs that were human. If you can cleanse yourself of these flawed belief systems, you can begin to access the purity of the the rawness of reality, which exists beyond anything form based, thought based. There's no cause and effect. There's no time. You enter into a timeless realm. where That's where the answers reside. And that's the potential of out-of-body exploration. Yeah. I William, I that's, that is the potential of it. Yes. But unfortunately, many people just... People enter into these states and often experience their own fears. And then they try to write about them, like the succubus and the incubus, and everybody has these, these these fear-based concepts that are floating around social media. They've been created by man.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think as well, William, I think it, you're completely right. I think it's our, the current beliefs that were sort of holding our mind about the nature of reality. They seem to be so like deep, deep-seated deep in our minds that they're sort of... It, it some, is. Yeah, it's, that a conflict with like, the thing itself.
2: These, these, these belief systems have become part of the collective consciousness of humanity. We have billions of people that believe in in the devil. Think of it. I mean, there is no objective devil. We create our own. We manifest. And I write about this in Adventures Beyond the Body, where I realized I manifested my own. People would have called it a demon. And I realized it was my own thought creation. It, it It was an opportunity to... Confront my own fears. This is very important knowledge for people. Instead of objectifying everything you experience, empower yourself and realize that you are the creator of your experience. When you enter, this is incredibly important when we enter. I'm not just talking about OBEs here. I'm talking about DMT. I'm talking about shamanic journeys, ayahuasca. I don't care what method you use to enter into altered states. You have to always remember that you're the creative force. And if you become mentally the victim, you create hell immediately for yourself. You create demons. You create all kinds of things. But if you enter that same state empowered, that you self-aware that you are the most powerful force in the universe, then you are the controlling. You become the controlling force. That's essential to obtain the answers. Otherwise, you'll always linger in the manifestation of your own fears. And this is what's been happening to humanity in all of its last 10,000 years. They're entering into altered states and then objectifying their own creations. All the way back to biblical days and the Bible, where the devil was manifest. Or in shamanic journeys, when there's um, demons or whatever could be manifest. We are the creative force. But until we recognize our own creative power, we will always be a victim of our own creations.
1: Yeah, definitely, it does seem to be what we, what we're sort of manifesting our mind. We're sort of externally created, and um, but when, when, when we are sort of experiencing all these different, um, when you, when you are experiencing all these different moments in sort of the astral projection world, do you actually think, like through your experience, do you think it's actually like a sort of like a transcendental doorway, and it seems to open doorways about the truth, the past, sort of the present, and the even the self as well, and other life stories? Have you found that?
2: Yes, and it will open to you automatically once you get to a state of consciousness where you're free when you begin to crack, break through your own fear barrier. Most humans are still dealing with their fear barriers. I'm talking about in all cultures. This is, and, but they don't, they, so they're, they're blogged down in that. And then they label it, whether it's a demon or a succubus or whatever. We have to wake up that we are the creative force. And then the doors open. The doors to our the to true knowledge of ourself cannot open as long as we are obsessed or connected to or indoctrinated by our own fears. We have to release all fear based philosophies and belief systems from our state of consciousness to truly open up to our own potential as explorers of consciousness. And this is still developing. In humanity now currently I know there's a popular people are using external substances to begin to crack open this through DMT mm-hmm. and ayahuasca etc I'm well aware of this these substances that are today used I've been around for over 40 years and the problem here is that shaman don't often teach about how to maintain and ideally perfect your own state of consciousness before you enter into these realms of consciousness. So many people today in their journeys of consciousness, no matter how it's initiated, are experiencing their own fear levels and manifesting all kinds of things.
1: Yeah. William, are you are you familiar with um, Grim Hancock's work and Rick Strassman's work?
2: Yes. Yeah. I'm very familiar with uh, Strassman's work.
1: Yeah, it's just very interesting when you were talking about DMT there as well because um, Graham Hancock on Rick Strassman we've had Rick Strassman on the podcast but he talks about how um, sort of like how some out of body experiences like um, like astral projection and things like that could actually to, could be to do with like a natural DMT release in the pineal gland. Have you ever, ever thought about that like is there maybe some sort of like natural release in the pineal gland that's sort of induces or sends you like sort of like the astral realm?
2: I think there could be a connection. Yes, Um, I do believe there is um, there is a biological element. There is a connecting element um, to this, but I also feel that we can't become attached to that biological connection. I have, uh, in other words, I induce my OBEs naturally through trance states, Mm -hmm. through meditation. Through using, uh, for instance, some I use HemiSync in my workshops to help people get relaxed and, and enter into altered states. So it's, yes, I do think there's a connection, but I think it's a misstep to be too focused on that connection because it, it again, it limits us. Because it's only a biological, it's a tiny aspect of the whole. Once you leave your body, you're no longer impacted by your pineal, pineal gland or any part of your body. Mm-hmm. You follow me? Yeah, you're yeah. free from it all. So to think that that alone has done it is not the case. Yeah, uh, right. But yes, I do, I do agree that there is, uh, from a biological standpoint, there are, certain, um, there are certain chemical reactions that are occurring in our bodies. Yeah, definitely. But but I also feel very importantly that it's it's our natural state is to evolve beyond those uh, the biological limitations.
1: Yeah, definitely. But uh, believe me before as well when you were talking about um, I want to jump back as well because you made a point before when you were talking about the the different astral project. Uh, uh, sorry, the different astral dimensions you were talking about. I was actually wondering, do you think in the past that um, people may have actually sort of astral pro- projected into like dimensions into the past because um. On my mind there, Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci, he he sort of like drew planes, and um, Tesla talked oh. about how his inventions were seen they were actually like called tapping into some sort of like informational field. Yeah. Could they have actually sort of been like astral projection in another like dimension in the future?
2: Oh, I believe definitely that's the case. Yeah. Uh, especially people like you mentioned, yeah. uh, they're definitely same thing with uh, some of the famous writers like H.G. Wells. Yeah, these people were connecting with aspects of themselves that maybe have already pre-existed in their future timeline. They may have connected with a future self, in other words. Because as there is no time, when you leave your body, there's no time. There's no aging. The astral body doesn't age. There's no biological markers that are aging. There's no telomeres. There's none of that. Think about this. So we're entering our true self. There is no time in our home and are re- really where true home is. So I think people do this all the time. In their dream states, they do it. They Most people don't realize they're doing it. It depends on how open the individual is. I've experienced this on multiple occasions where I experienced my own past lives and I've experienced future lives wow. during OBEs. Wow. And, I, it, and the point is... What were these future lives and past lives occurring? Many people believe they're all occurring concurrently. Everything's happening now, which is a mind-blowing because it's beyond our concept of linear time. Yeah. But what if we truly exist beyond linear time? Then this is just a play that we're enacting to gain experience and exploration. I mean, it opens up a whole new concept of thought and of perceptions of reality beyond anything we can imagine right now linear time is is a very limited mindset i can tell you that compared to the obe state.
1: william when you said there before you said that you've also influenced obviously tried you've been going obviously in the uh, past lives and going in the future as well i was actually wondering have you actually sort of like tried sort of like um going in have you like Done experiments where you've sort of like tried to go into the future and sort of like try to manipulate what's going to happen and then it's sort of changed into this physical reality have you tried that
2: i yes in a way i yes i have i i, I have tried for instance i assisted in the healing of my own body when i had stage four cancer wow. um but i didn't that was spontaneous i want to clarify this i had an experience where during an obe i'm Uh, After my surgery, I was incredibly painful, and I spontaneously began to have OBEs, but I didn't plan this. I want to make this clear. It's not like this was some plan on my part, but I spontaneously found myself floating in what only can I, and I write about this in one of my books, uh, would be like a cube, and I don't know why it appeared like a cube with no doors, segmented walls, and I was experiencing healing energy in this environment wow. and I think that helped me to um, let's just say heal from stage four cancer very rapidly wow. uh, I also had conventional um, uh, you know of uh, surgery done but I healed in record time and was back doing workshops in um, less than three months
1: Wow. That's really fascinating that, William, mm. because a lot of them, um, and that's amazing that, by the way, and I think there's, it's very interesting because I've um, I've heard, there's been a lot of stories I've heard about sort of the ayahuasca their journeys, and a lot of people have sort of talked about manifesting, when they are in that realm, whatever you want to call it, or wherever it is, they've actually sort of manive- uh, manifested sort of like healing properties and sent them towards someone else, and it's actually healed other people who are actually in this reality as well.
2: Oh, absolutely. This is done all the time in shamanic uh, journeys. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've 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 practiced shamanic journeys in Peru, and I have uh, quite a bit experience in those realms. But the same applies to OBEs Mm -hmm. during an out of body experience. You're closer to the cause of the let's call it illness or which is it's a vibrational issue. When you leave your body, you're closer to the source energetically. I'm referring to. So you're closer to the cause of the disease and by doing so you can you can request healing of your energy body which is what i teach during an obe if you have a problem ask for healing you don't even have to be just ask for the healing to occur be open to it and then be open to receive that energy it's the same thing that shaman have been doing for ten thousand years shaman are famous for having out-of-body experiences as you know that's part of as many of them, the ayahuascaros. That's part of their practice. They enter into these altered states so they can read the energy field of their to, and to help with the healing process. The same thing that everything that a shaman can do, you can do in an out of body state. You just have to be open to it, and then request it, and that's the key. You can send healing energy to others or to yourself.
1: Yeah, definitely. William, um, something I want to touch on with you as well, we actually had um, Robert Wagner on the podcast, I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but he was, yes, ta- yeah, he was um, talking about uh, dream figures, and they're uh, talking about how there's certain dream figures within the dream, and I know I've also heard um, a lot of people mention that the sort of um, astral uh, beings in the astral world as well, have you actually encountered any astral beings?
2: Yes, of course, but they're not beings per se, they're people. This whole idea of spirits and ghosts is silliness. They're just people that don't have a physical body. That's what most people encounter during out-of-body experiences. Mm. And there's all this fear-based stuff out there um, that are just so archaic. Um, When people die, everybody that dies still holds that image, that self-image of who they are. If you die and you're a female Asian woman, you will continue when you're at death to be be that. Because that's your self-conception that's molding your energy body. They're not spirits. They're not ghosts. They're just people that are vibrating differently. They're all around us. Because the astral is not up or down. It's here. Everything is here. All around us are the dead. They're vibrating at a higher frequency, so we can't see them. They're not they're not above us. They're they're just they're just out of the vibrational, our very limited physical vision and senses can't perceive them. Mm. So th- of course that's why psychics can connect with them because they're right, they're standing next to us. Yeah. Especially the newly dead. So that's what people encounter when they die, when they have an OBE they for instance i've i've had multiple many experiences with my mother who is deceased and has been for some time my i've, I've met my dead uncle i've met many different people during my out-of-body experience yeah. and the thing is you can't have any fear-based philosophy around it they're 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 just like us they just have they're vibrating differently and they're living in a different dimensional reality. That's why I don't use the word spirits or uh, heaven, or I don't use those terms, because it's actually just a—it's just part of the dimensional continuum.
1: Mm, yeah. William, something I want to ask you there. When you were mentioning the astral beings there as well, uh, sorry, astral spirits you were calling them, do you actually think that there's a... Um Astral spirits who are in that in that realm or dimension are they are they in that sorry, do you actually think that the try to get the words out, sorry. Do you think that the, the astral spirits that are in that realm are actually in that dimension all the time? Like some there's some who are in, in that dimension all the time.
2: Um, I have found based on my own observations over the past forty years that uh, people are very limited in their mobility in the after what people commonly call the afterlife they're limited because of their own limitations we carry a, when people die they take their state of consciousness with them they don't become purified just because they're dead if you're uh, you know if you're a, a bigot when you die you continue to be a bigot you're just vibrating at a different rate mm-hmm. my and that limits most of the people that are dead because they haven't worked on themselves in the, while they were still in the body wow. to become multidimensional as long as you're focused on a single dimensional place, you'll your you are limited to that dimensional place. Just like look at look at humans. Seven billion humans on the planet. And they most of them are, are one dimensional beings. Are they not? They they can't consciously enter other dimensions. The dead are the same way, often that's what I Now, there's people that have evolved beyond that, of course, many of them, but I'm talking about the average person who has died in the physical world in the last hundred years. They remain focused on a single dimensional place or reality or what many people just call heaven. And they, to to a great extent, they remain there. I mean, these realities, by the way, can be very, they're very pleasant.
0: Mhm. They so actually imagine like they've been very Oh, William, sorry. Um could I just say like um how is the communication process with these people?
2: Oh, it's by thought. There's no verbal. There's no there's it's all thought based. Everything is communicated by what we would call telepathy. It's a na- very natural by the way and very elegant. When you're out by by the same process, when you're in the OBE state, when you have an out of body experience, you have no vocal cords. You're not breathing air. You have no lungs. You have no, you have no, you, you have to learn. That's part of the learning process. You have to learn to use your new energy body. When you first, many people in their first out-of-body experiences, you're like an infant crawling out of a crib. Yeah. <laughs> you really are. You have to learn the new rules of the road. There's no gravity. There's no, there's no biological mass. People don't think about this, but there's all the rules of the road change. You have to learn how to function with your new energy. It's not new, but you have to f- learn to function in a different kind of energy body. And we communicate by thought with those around us. It's very, it's beautiful and elegant in many ways. Well,
1: William, I was wondering, have you ever actually met anybody else who was? Um who was astro-projecting from this reality at the same time?
2: Uh, yes, I have. Wow. It's, it's rare, but yes, I have. It, that has occurred. It's occurred actually in workshops. Uh, because I have, at night, I wake people up and my workshops are six days long and they're very intense. And uh, that's the whole workshop is based on out-of-body experiences. So at night, I wake people up in the middle of the night and I have them do techniques. So people induce, um, some people, not everyone, of course. Everybody's different in their, um, their way they, let's say, experience this and are open to it. But yes, some people have experiences and they, um, a famous meeting spot at the Monroe Institute, if you really want to know, is the crystal many people report meeting others at the crystal wow. i'm talking about the the monroe facility in virginia
1: wow so what, what william when, when people do that when they do go through that process of like meeting other like sort of people from this reality and astral projectual realm what how does that process t- take place what does what do you have to like how do you mean you're prepared like to sort of to do that
2: I didn't really understand your question.
1: So basically, when you how base, do they, yeah, how does like people how how would you sort of like mentally prepare yourself so you could actually sort of um, project your project your body to sort of go and meet someone else from this reality as well? well so like oh, both could be it's, together. It's
2: actually uh, not as involved as you think. Number one, to perceive someone else, you both have to be at the same density or vibrational level. Otherwise, they'll be invisible to you. Remember, we're talking about a vast continuum. Vast continuum of energy and and vibrations. But if two people are at the same density or vibratory level, they will be able to perceive one another. Mm -hmm. But to communicate and meet someone, that's all you have to do is say their name or think of their face. And they will come to you or you will go to them. And for instance, that's how people communicate. With with loved ones that have passed, it's it's and it's the same way that shamans have done it. It's it, it's a natural occurrence as long as both parties are open to that communication and contact, and which is very important. And they're on the same density and vibrational level, they'll be able to perceive and communicate with one another. But again, there's a lot of variables there because there's a you know, there's endless, endless density and vib- vibratory energy levels available.
1: Well, William, I was wondering, have you actually heard of the, um, it was on my mind, I wanted to bring it up as well, but have you heard the, uh, of the expression, uh, the microcosmic or even subatomic universe in relation to astral projection before?
2: No, I find no relevancy to most of those theories, especially anything that says the word atomic or, or subatomic. The asteroid exists way beyond subatomic particles, wow. way beyond the quarks. And that's the problem here. People are so obsessed with, with some speck of matter often. And that's one of the limits I find. The astral exists beyond that. It's a different form of energy. It's not based on subatomic particles. I find no relevancy to this. But people want to connect physical theories to non-physical reality, and I have I, I have found that that does not work, and it's and it creates a flawed paradigm. Many of the the theories out there, like string theory, I find to be totally flawed.
1: Yeah, William, just to jump in, I wasn't meaning that. I was basically what I was meaning was is it's basically the microcosmic and the subatomic universe is basically it's sort of like. So the example I use in my mind is basically that everything exists like small. So so basically that everything that exists obviously here also exists very small. So example, for example, we could just sort of be bacteria. That's part of something much larger. And then we talked about this on a previous podcast as well. So like if you get a microscope and you sort of zoom in or a certain object, object just like um, see like a planet or a plant or whatever it is, you can actually sort of like see colonies of matter. And what I was meaning was, I was actually wondering: Have you actually sort of, sort of you being sort of like a very experienced in like out of body experiences? I was actually wondering: Have you actually astral projected sort of to the to that quantum reality? And is that even possible?
2: Uh, well, I have found that the astro exists beyond that quantum reality. Well, wow. I think I, I think all of these dimensions that we're talking about would exist beyond that. I think we limit ourselves by thinking in those terms of. Of of using the word matter or smaller, it's more of the universe is about frequency. Mm-hmm. It's all about frequency. I have found there's no specs. There's no, uh, and that's what limits current science is this obsession with objects and this uh, this concept that things are uh, just b- become smaller and smaller and smaller. It's that has nothing to do with reality at all. It's all about frequency, William. As well, went out. sorry. sorry go the, ahead. That's what I have found, um, but that we can experience it for ourselves. We don't have to rely on these these theories. We can become an explorer of consciousness, yeah, definitely, and and obtain the answers for ourselves.
1: William as well when you were saying talking about there you said it goes beyond the quantum reality have you have you actually experienced sort of as astral sort of spirits in that in the like beyond the quantum reality as well
2: well yes i mean I don't call them spirits they're just people um they're just people that yes, exist. people yes i uh, i again i don't use the word spirits and i don't i don't use those kind of terminology yeah because i they they, they, there's a there's a this overlay to a lot of the terms used today of spiritualism and um, these this concept of ghosts and uh, that I have found to be quite silly. Um, we're an evolving non-physical species using uh, different vibrational vehicles of consciousness to uh, uh, grow and learn and evolve. And it has nothing to do really with this, all the the theories that are currently out there today of uh, based on any kind of form of matter. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, matter is just the outer outer facade of the universe. Wow.
0: William, if any of our listeners wanted to explore this world, which I know the will, and <laughs> there definitely will. What are some of the practices that you recommend for someone who's just wanting to start out astral project? Like, maybe what have you found to be the most efficient
2: technique? Well, everybody relates. The number another, You should first learn about the subject matter. That always is helpful, incredibly helpful. Uh, don't rely just on um, random stuff that's on the Internet. A lot of it is fear-based. Don't buy into any fear-based philosophies, number one. They're all flawed and limited. Find a good uh, book or books that are that were written by people that know what, what the heck they're talking about, that had the experience, not non-theoretical, practical. Um, I started out with the target technique. It was the first technique that I used over 40 years ago, and it worked for me. But it doesn't work for everybody. I have found the target technique to be very um, effective, but I don't, I use that for the first couple years, but I've experimented with a hundred techniques over 40 years, different kinds of techniques. Everybody connects. That's why it's important to read. Uh, If I can, I I can't help but recommend my own book, Adventures Beyond the Body. I have 40 techniques in there. Mm -hmm. Read it and see which one resonates with you. And then do that technique for 30 days. Yeah.
1: William, could you actually, would it be okay if you actually sort of like talked us through the the target technique?
2: Okay. In the target technique, you select three physical targets in your home that are separated from you. For instance, don't do your out-of-body techniques, for instance. Do not do them in your bed. Pick a neutral place. Um, On my website, by the way, all this is disclosed. You don't have to buy a book. It's all free, available at astroinfo.org. So, again, I'm not trying to sell books. That's not my intention. It's all perfectly free. Uh, The entire instructional part of my book is available uh, online for free. Read it, and then select a technique. For the target technique, you select three targets. You, li- you lay down in a very comfortable spot. You put yourself into a deep state. And I talk about how to do this through meditation, self-hypnosis, countdowns, whatever resonates with you. Find a way to put yourself into a deep state. Some people use um, external sounds like hemi-sync, that guide and help them. Then. As you keep focused, you imagine yourself walking to each of the targets and touching them as vividly as possible, and you hold that as your last conscious thought. You move to the first object. You reach out your energy by Imagine you're there. Touch it. Feel it. Pick it up. Examine it. Uh, Become absorbed into that object. Focus your undivided attention on each object. In other words, remain focused away from your body continuously as you drift deeper and deeper into an altered state. And then you do that again with the second target and the third target and the fourth target. And you maintain that focus until you begin to drift. And many people, that is an easy, easy way to initiate an out-of-body experience. That's what I used initially back in '72, and it took me 24 days, but I did it. And it was so. I'm just saying. It's. I'm not saying this is, doesn't take dedication yeah. and persistence. It does. This is not some. This is not just a visualization. Wow. So you just maintain it there's an old saying it takes 21 days to create a habit it takes 21 days to begin to reprogram your subconscious mind to a new capability that's what's going on here you repeat your technique over and over again for a month and many many people can begin that's when they have their first out-of-body experience
0: well William, thank you for sharing that. And also thank you for sharing your wealth of knowledge and information on the subject of out-of-body experiences. Me and Dan and all our listeners will all greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Well, Thank
2: you. It's my my pleasure.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, William. We really do appreciate your time. And it's been an absolute epic podcast. Thank you. I knew it would be. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast and if you want to learn more about the target technique described at the end by William, you can head over to our website and we've also included a solid breakdown in the show notes and also please check out William's work over at his website www.astralinfo.org and please check out his books Higher Self Now, Adventures in the Afterlife, Adventures Beyond the Body and The Secret of the Soul which are available in the usual places. And I just also want to say that this was a truly epic podcast and William really did open up the rabbit hole with this one. But just to add a little point that William said on quite a few occasions that the lessons that we need to learn are in the non-physical realm. But now after this podcast, I've really thought about this a lot. And I have to keep asking myself then why are we in this physical world and, and to me it seems like there's so much lessons in the physical world to learn as much as there is in the non-physical world. And it seems to me that the fact that we are in the physical world is the fact that we're meant to be. And I think we just need to start realizing and understand that this experience right in front of us right now, this reality is one of the best teachers. Because I think it can get so comfortable just thinking that all the answers are somewhere else in another realm. Yes, it is amazing exploring these different realms, realms beyond our understanding, but I just feel that we still need to also remember that all them facets are a huge part of this reality also. I don't know. Anyway, William was an absolute awesome guest and there's no doubt he'll be back onto the podcast in the future. So anyway, we'll catch you next week in the next episode. Have an amazing week and keep seeking. Peace.